Welcome to the number one podcast covering Michigan State basketball. The Final Four is not in the schedule. Join Rod and me, Eric, as we dive deep into the Spartans to get you prepared for every game. Subscribe today for in-depth recruiting updates and fantastic interviews with today's important college basketball personalities like Robbie Hummel. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I have listened to your guys' podcasts numerous times on drives throughout any Midwestern Big Ten city, so I, I am a big fan of your guys' work. Jay Billis. And next time, hey, if anybody in Michigan wants a December tea time, call me. You wimps won't show up, but I'll I'll be there. I'll be there and play in the cold. And Izzo will be in front of the fire with hot chocolate. Coaches Thomas Kelly. Oh, no problem. Glad to be back, man. Glad to be back. Mike Garland. You just can't sit there and trade twos for threes. You can't do it. You're going to lose. Coming down the stretch, you're going to lose. And more. You won't find better coverage of Spartan Hoops than you will get here. For both the casual and hardcore fan, come along as we take you for a green and white ride. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod here to talk about MSU's 72-66 loss to the Arizona Wildcats on Thanksgiving Day in the AccraSure Classic. If you appreciate the content we give you for each and every pre- and post-game, then head on over to tffinots.com support and consider supporting the show through a one-time donation on PayPal or Venmo or recurring means on Patreon or Substack. Also, December 1st is the deadline for the Beat Rod contest for the prediction for the final Big Ten standings. Email your predictions to me at eric, yeah, that's E-R-I-C, at tffinots.com with your picks from 1 to 14, final standings of the Big Ten, your name, and how many points Michigan State scores against Michigan this season. And just as a reminder, they play twice. All right, Rod, let's talk about the game against Arizona. I thought it was a very entertaining game overall. It looked as if MSU was getting was outmatched early on in the first half as it got down by a bunch, as many as 15 points. But then sort of behind the play of Tyson Walker, largely in the first half, they stayed in contact and only trailed by seven going to yeah. half until a long last second three went in by the Wildcats, uh, which led us to a 40-30 lead at the break. Uh, in the second half, the Spartans really turned on the defensive intensity, I think primarily behind the play of Jaden Akins. Uh, he was a real menace and then started scoring at the other end on the offensive side of the ball too. And amazingly, remarkably, Michigan State through the tough defense, kind of scrappy play, managed to come all the way back and even yeah. took the lead. It was up 66-63 with just a few minutes of play. But then Arizona went a 9-0 run to finish the game and uh, ended up you know, winning 72-66. So I thought, if nothing, it was a very entertaining game, which uh, you know some of these big games right. have not been entertaining. Like Purdue-Tennessee was a close game, but it was so many fouls. It wasn't much fun to watch. But this one was very entertaining. So I, what are your impressions of the game? I am with Tom Bezzo when he said uh, that he's not a fan of comebacks because it's a fairly obvious thing, but it's real. Like, well, you've got to have done some things wrong to be in a position to need to do that, right? And and Michigan State's been in that position way too often in these first six games. Yep. So we've talked about it a lot here. I think most MSU fans have. You just see... Um, these and and again the problem in this one i just think in that first half i'll admit to thinking at times boy i'm just not sure that michigan state's backcourt is big enough and physical enough to hang with these guys because arizona has as we talked about they have some big physical guards i mean i did not have a sufficient appreciation for just how physical Boswell is. I knew about love, 
and I knew about Larson, but and yeah. and Bradley to some extent. But Boswell, I really didn't have as good a grip on, and and just as a group, they really took it. I felt to Michigan State for a lot of that first half. That's how they got a fifteen point lead, and then in the second half, you see a great mm-hmm. response from MSU. You talked about defense really leading the way, and I think that's true. I think MSU's perimeter defense was outstanding in the second half. So, so somewhat of a reversal of the Duke game where they were great early and then in the second half, not as good. In this game, first half, they struggled. Second half, second half for most of it, they showed why the Michigan State backcourt was held in such high regard. I think you can make a case that it was Jaden Aiken's best game of the yeah. season. I think, um, you know, Tyson Walker didn't have his biggest scoring output, but as you said, he flat out carried them for portions of that first half. And I think he was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, as I'll get into in a second, I wish we would have seen more of him at closing time. AJ is once again, the player that is very, very, I mean, even, this was an example of even in the same game. So you mentioned Michigan State taking that 66-63 lead. Well, how did they do that? A.J. Hogard took over for a stretch, and Arizona couldn't stop him. And then, yep. after they had the lead, but had to keep going in order to close it out, A.J. decided to start becoming a jump shooter. And he didn't hit any. And yeah, it's it's where Michigan. You know, the the bottom line is you mentioned that nine zero run before. I think Michigan State got a got a, a couple free throws late to end it, if I remember correctly. Um, that was AJ. You know, I, in in that situation, if AJ is not going to be playing downhill, then the ball ought to be in Tyson Walker's hands in that kind of situation, and it wasn't. It was AJ deciding that it was time to play a little hero ball. And I get it. You go on a run the way he did. You're feeling extremely confident. But I'm sorry. In a game like this, and given the way he's been shooting this year it from, from deep, if he's not able to get downhill, he shouldn't be taking the shot unless it's a hand grenade situation. He just shouldn't. That, that him taking 18-foot jumpers or 21-foot yeah. jumpers is not, that's not solving the problem, you know? So you come back once again to, will the real A.J. Hogarth please stand up? Where is the, dis- you know, he does some great things to get them the lead, and then the decision-making in the last three and a half minutes just goes south. And I'm not saying that's entirely what costs them the game because, we can point to the first half performance, which was really about largely everybody other than Tyson, and I guess you could argue uh, Cohen Carr and Jeremy Fierce did some nice things in the first half. Other than that, they didn't get much out of people. So it wasn't just AJ, but it's you know it's yeah. hard to watch a situation like that unfold and not come back around to him because you see the very, very good and the very, very bad all in one like five or six minute sequence and when it's the good aj hogart out there michigan yeah. state's as good as anybody in the country i still believe that i know i know people will probably accuse me of being a homer for saying that 
but you can make, I mean, Arizona is going to be ranked number two this week because Kansas lost. So Purdue will go to number one. Arizona should be number two, yeah. I think, and they deserve it. Um, and Michigan State was the better team. They were on top with, I think, under four to play, right around four to play. So it is justifiable mm-hmm. for me to make that case. And And let's be honest, it wasn't that Arizona played horribly. I think Arizona probably feels, I would think they feel, they played pretty well to win that game. Um, but it goes to show you that Michigan State, when it's when it's going, and a big part of that is A.J. Hogard going, they can hang with anybody just like we thought. So so now the question is going, you know, we're, we're faced with something that we really hope we were past, which is, the mercurial, inconsistent play from your point guard. And so how do you get past that? Is he, <laughs> is he likely to find yeah. a groove at some point this season? Well, I think you're probably stuck in a position where you have to hope for that. Um, the The caveat is that, you know, Jeremy Sears so. continues to develop and by February is ready to just take a lot of that playing time. And maybe that happens. I mean, I'm continue. I was impressed with Jeremy in this game. I'm continually impressed by him. But right now, let's be honest about it. The difference between Jeremy Fears at his best and AJ Hogarth at his best is the difference between a tournament team and a team that can actually do damage in the tournament. That's pretty significant. And so, I think if you're an MSU fan, mm-hmm. look, I've, yeah, you know, I I, I like to think that I've been. Um, honest and consistent about AJ over his career, which means that there have been a lot of time that I've been critical. Um, but I like to think that I haven't denied it when he's done very good things. And there have been lots of those times as well. The bottom line is not really any different than it's been for a long time with his team. They're going to go where AJ goes. And so that's that's the biggest thing. I, I think taking a... a step back a little bit bigger picture view um i think it was it was positive that michigan state uh was really in this and and took such a good team right down to the wire but yeah. you know as i think it's was looking at and the idea is you got to win and they didn't win when it came time to make plays arizona made plays mm-hmm. michigan state didn't and the fact is when you're playing, when you consider yourself a high-level team and you're playing other high-level teams, that's exactly what you're dealing with. You're dealing with, it's going to be a handful of plays late that decide it. And that's exactly what happened here. Michigan State had A.J. Hogard missing jumpers. Arizona had, you know, Caleb Love and Boswell and those guys making plays. And it was that simple in the end. My impression of Walker, especially at the end of the game, not that he had dead legs, but that he just really looked like he didn't have, that he just didn't have it. You know, I, and I don't have a better explanation except he, really because I don't, I don't, I don't know about that because I don't feel like he was really put in positions. Look, when you're give Arizona credit for defending well enough to not give up a shot early mm-hmm. in the shot clock, but when it's getting late in the clock. 
the ball was not finding Tyson Walker, and I don't think he was really giving it up. I don't think he, you think he was deferring. I, I think a little bit. I I just feel like, especially when he go in the lane, the last okay. couple times he put up shots, I it, it didn't look like he had much spring to step. He just looked tired, and I don't know if that's well. That that could be. I mean, like to me, he played yeah, thirty four minutes. He played thirty four minutes, um, but. And he was I don't sick know. before. They, you, I don't you know. might be maybe, right. You know, maybe really more. Wow. Well, so they. So they. So <laughs> they say. Maybe enough that he just had. I don't know. I mean, just that was just my impression that he just looked a little tired to me. Maybe that's just because he was deferring a little bit to AJ and because AJ was, you know, he was scoring a bunch. He was really running the. He's running the show at the, near the end. Yeah. And then I uh, yes, but, then things change. But you know, your <laughs> your point guard has to has to be able to read it, and that includes reading themselves. Uh-huh. You know, that's, I just, I just can't, I just can't back away from that. Uh, even look, if, if it's going to be a possession that results in MSU having to shoot a jumper, I'm still going to take a dead leg Tyson Walker <laughs> over AJ Hogarth, right? For sure. Still. And that doesn't mean, and then why, you know, Jaden Akins had a really, really great second half. Why wasn't the ball finding him in some of those situations? That's on, you know, when, when AJ is, you know, 10 seconds in the clock and you can see him kind of going into mano a mano stuff. Well, he's made a decision. He's not trying to swing it to somebody else. He's made the decision that he's going to try and go make a play. So to me, that's Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't disagree with you that to that extent. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about, uh, I guess we'll talk with the player that Michigan needed to keep in the gutter. That was Kylan Boswell. Uh, they did a relatively good job on him. He played 36 minutes. He was 5 of 15 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, had a 3 rebounds, 3 assists, a turnover, 13 points, uh, which was, I guess that's about his average, except his 12, shooting average is way points. What's that? 12, 12 points. 12 okay. points. Um, so he definitely didn't have as much impact. He certainly wasn't shooting like he was before. I think right. I remember one 3 that he put up that later in the game that he missed. I was a little surprised because he just had to be, I think he was wide open in the corner, but they, I mean, they were they were doing a job preventing him getting things easily, which, you know, to their credit, I think that was, that was they did a decent job on him. Yeah, I I agree. In the second half, I mean, I do think you can say that this mostly continues MSU's streak of doing a good job against this player that we identified. <laughs> um, this is a guy who was shooting just an ungodly percentage coming in. And MSU held him to thirty three percent from the floor, and what thirty percent from yeah. three. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did the job. They also didn't let him. I mean, he ended up with three assists, so they didn't let him really control the game from that perspective either. He was like most of their players. He got he was very effective in the first half, far less so in the second, because I think Michigan State ratcheted things up. And if if you're looking for silver linings. That is definitely one of them out of this game, I think, which is that um, Michigan State demonstrated that when they are truly locked in and at their best, they are big enough, physical enough, good enough to hang with anybody. Because right now, I I don't think there's a backcourt group that can claim to be playing better than Arizona's. I, I don't see it. Statistically, that's the case. They've now got, you know, they've got wins over two preseason top five teams right? To under their belt, one of which was a true road game, that they've done some things already. And Michigan State's guards were right there. So by containing Boswell 
was um, definitely part of that. And that segment was brought to you by the Brothers of Just Two Gutters. If you need gutter work done in the state of Michigan, if you're on the west side, contact Kurt and his team. If you're on the east side, around the metro Detroit area, uh, Greg and his team will take care of you. Uh, they'll do whatever you need done to your gutters, whether you're residential, commercial, whether you need them cleaned out, just some leaves and junk, uh, you don't want to get in the ladder, or if you need them replaced or repaired, they can do all that. They can put leaf guards on too, so you don't also don't have to get them to clean them out later. Uh, the best thing I ever did was put leaf guards in my gutters. It's been wonderful to have my leaves blow off the side versus me having to get up there, especially when I've got some that are three stories high. There's no way I'm getting a ladder for that. So uh, the Brothers Adjusted Gutters, you can find contact information below in your podcast player or on the episode page at the uh, on the website at thefinalforce.theschedule.com. Uh, you can, again, contact Greg in the east side Metro Detroit area and Kurt around the Metro Grand Rapids area, uh, Saugatuck, Holland. And um, 10% off if you mention Final Four to your, to your discount at your estimate. Uh, so then I guess we can just go over the keys of the game brought to you by Nudge Printing. Uh, number one, the start. Well, I think we kind of went over that. I, I yeah. felt like, and I don't know if the start, this felt a little different this time to me than it has in the past. Before, they just felt, they looked sort of discombobulated. This time, they just looked overwhelmed. Like, I, but now maybe that's not yep. any, maybe that's not any better, but they just look like, I mean, Arizona just looked like a much better team, bigger, physical, and it looked like, we say it really had trouble adjusting to that initially. It would, it would very much be not better if that had not been responded to, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I definitely think that most of that first half, it did look that way. And that's very concerning because at that point, if that's really the case, then we're not talking about things that are really within Michigan State's control. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, and this is a stretch as a comparison, but it's kind of like an NBA team trying to deal with peak Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. You, you just physically... You just weren't going. You were you were going to have to get him or his teammates participating in their own demise because if they weren't, if they were locked in and focused, you didn't have nobody had an answer for him. Yeah, physically, it wasn't possible. And again, that's a stretch. It's not quite that level, but for large segments of that first half, it did kind of look like, hey, <laughs> we can't, we just can't match these guys physically. And then that changed, and that changed because guys like Jaden Akins and A.J. Hogard really showed up, and they are players who can play that way, can physically match up with the guys that Arizona has. They just had to do it. So anyway, none of that changes the fundamental point that the start was not nearly what Michigan State needed it to be. And as Izzo said, basically, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what, what he was trying to get at there if you need to keep mounting these great comebacks, yes, it's nice that you show that you're resilient, but when it keeps happening, there's a problem in that too. Yeah. That you're in a position where you have to do it. And that's where MSU's been. I mean, we could say what? All three losses, what they have in common is a bad start. Yeah. And you can even say four, four if you count four, Tennessee. Four if you include Tennessee. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I think you know, it was it was a little encouraging because Hall hit that first three, took it confidently that first three, and buried it. And you're like, oh, okay, yep. they're gonna be they're gonna survive. But just got overwhelmed a little bit on the boards and just kind of everywhere. I to me the biggest thing was that 
MSU wasn't able to get much in the way of, of penetration or movement against them. Whereas at the other end, I felt Arizona's guards were just kind of just kind of getting to the spots they wanted to get yeah. to, and Michigan State wasn't doing a hell of a lot to impede them. All right, so the second key to the game was the glass. And so we thought, you know, this is an excellent offensive-defensive rebounding team for as Arizona. Could Michigan State get some stuff going? Michigan State ended up rebounding almost 30% of their misses. Arizona, 38%, so very good. Uh, and, I, you know, overall, Michigan State didn't get killed on the boards, but the end, they had they gave up some that really costly. I think the the total number was like 39 to 34. Arizona had the edge, but, um, you know, from most part of the game did prove, and I think, you know, Mahdi had 10 rebounds in, on his own, so he had three offensive and seven defense rebounds in only 21 minutes, so he did his part, and then, you know, Malik had five, and Cooper had six. I, th- I thought, I thought Michigan State's, I thought Michigan State's bigs did uh, a pretty decent job of rebounding. Um, but I, I, I the, you know, the percentages here, you cited some of the raw numbers. The percentages, you're talking about Arizona having uh, a pretty good edge yeah. in offensive rebounding rate, you know, which is what we worried about. Kind of, you know, you hoped that Michigan State could maybe do enough on its offensive end to uh, to hang in there. And I, I guess they did in a way. And here's the thing. One stat where Michigan State actually ended up with an edge is second chance points. So what they were able to turn offensive rebounds into, MSU had 15, Arizona had 12. So Arizona did not do as much with their 12 offensive rebounds as they might have hoped. Um, Whereas Michigan State was actually really productive with their 11. But it's hard to say that MSU out-rebounded Arizona. They didn't. So. Yeah, it, it felt a little bit like the Michigan game last year where the, they gave up the ones at the end that were yeah. so painful, you know, that they pretty much solved most of the game yeah. and kind of broke down a little bit at the end. Uh, so the third key to the game, pace. So this is one we were curious whether, you know, how it would go. I mean, in some ways, Michigan State plays fast and in some ways they play slow. Like, you know, if they don't get a quick quick opportunity uh-huh. after, on a break, you know, right out as they sort of set up the offense, then it tends to use up most of the shot clock. So. Uh, yep. and, um, so fast, fast break points were pretty even. I mean, you say at 13, Arizona at 12. I mean, we always talk about how that, how real that seems, but that felt about right. I think both teams kind of moved, were trying to move fast. And I think the defenses were pretty much preventing them from doing too much damage. Yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, Arizona have been playing at a blistering pace. So the fact that, uh, that MSU was able to, what they is hold them to 74 points and it, and Arizona only had 59 shots. So yeah. that, that does tell something of a story. Um, and I, I think you're right about Michigan. This is the thing. What I personally would like to see that we haven't seen yet is for Michigan State to pick up the tempo in their half-court offense. They are yeah. you're absolutely right. If they do not get a quick hitter, it becomes a grind. And I just, I, I think that's a tough way to live. And it's also indicative of the fact that I don't think Michigan State's movement, ball or man, is anywhere near the level that we would expect to see. If those things improve, 
pace will improve because they'll they'll be able to get shots up. They'll get good looks quicker in the clock. They won't get bogged down as much. I mean, that's at least ideally what would happen. And we're not seeing that yet. So we will we will see how it goes. But um yeah, not a not really a decisive edge for either team in this area. I guess you could argue maybe Michigan State won it to an extent because Arizona was not able to play the way they have in all their other games, whereas Michigan State's performance was much more in line with where they've been. So, uh, just as a reminder again, that this segment is brought to you by the that brought to you by Nudge Printing. Nudge Printing is a place to get your Spartan apparel and other collegiate apparel. You can head on over to Nudge Printing at nudgeprinting.com. They have some fantastic offers right now, especially free shipping on any order over fifty dollars. Uh, you can get all sorts of vintage Michigan State gear. Or just regular Michigan State stuff. And then, of course, other schools in the state of Michigan outside of the Wolverines. Uh, you can find all that at nudgeprinting.com. 20% off your order if you type in Final Four as one word at checkout. And super wearable, comfortable, breathable, and screen printed materials. It's the, all high quality stuff. It's great. My family loves it. So I would highly recommend for anybody else. So, again, check out Nudge Printing at nudgeprinting.com. Uh, so, the fourth key to the game is penetration. And you kind of mentioned, just alluded to this just a little bit ago, that Arizona kind of got their way just doing whatever they wanted in the first half, less so in the second. Uh, Michigan State had times where they would get penetration, and certainly when A.J. was playing well the, that one stretch uh-huh. in the second half, he was able to kind of get what he wanted. Maybe part of that was because Larson was out with some foul trouble. Uh, that might have contributed a little bit to it. Uh, but in general, I mean, I guess it was kind of an even split. There were some times Tyson got a little too deep and got blocked because uh, he got too far in and didn't have anything to do, he could do with the ball, but I don't know. What, I don't know what you think about that overall. I uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's an apt description. I think in the first half, decided edge for Arizona, and then the second half, it, it Michigan State had the edge for much of it. Um, look, it's it's a simple truth for this MSU team. They are going to have to have their guards living in the lane uh, with much more frequency than we've seen at least on a consistent basis now you look at this and this is not just penetration but penetration had a decent amount to do with it points in the paint MSU at 32 Arizona had 42 that's your ball game I mean if you want to if you want to just reduce it to one simplistic thing, that's your ball game. And that was maybe a little reflected just by what I was mentioning at the beginning of the game. It just seemed like they were getting overwhelmed physically and that and I feel like that's where yep. Arizona got a lot of their damage early. What's interesting about that, and this kind of flows into the fifth key to the game, which was uh the post defense, that the post players, uh, you know, Madi and Cooper did a relatively good job against Ballo. I mean he had ten points uh, but only three rebounds. Uh, um, well, previous, I will say points. this. I mean, they, they didn't get a lot of damage there, but uh, Johnson did. <laughs> yeah, Johnson did. Um, MSU also got helped out in the second half where Ballo was drawing a lot of fouls and he couldn't hit yeah, free right. throws. He was, I think he, well, he was two for five, but I think he missed. I think he missed a couple of front mm-hmm. ends, yep. one of ones. Yeah. So that to the point that they pulled him, you know, that was an interesting thing is that late in that game, 
And this is where Michigan State, and and I'm glad we're getting to this because it's an important point. You mentioned how MSU gave up just some killer offensive rebounds late in that game. That happened with both teams going with small ball lineups. Michigan State had already made the change, and I think I think it was because they wanted to, they really wanted to test what Ballot could do defensively. So if you have Malik playing the five, which he was, well, he's got the ability to hit a three. Let's see if we can get Ballot away from the rim. Uh, Arizona, after he missed, I think he might have split a pair of free throws, but they pulled it mm-hmm. and they went small themselves. One thing that's troubling, and it was troubling last year when Michigan State would go small with Joey and Malik together, um, I felt that that combination did not do well enough rebounding yes. wise where they were in the game. They really suffered. And I think. That was the case, and, and it was against, again, it was another, I think Johnson was playing the five for them in that lineup, and yet Arizona, their small their small ball lineup trumped MSUs in terms of that end of things. And so if Michigan State is going to go to that, Malik Hall and Colton Carr, not solely because it's your guards as well, but those two guys in particular, they got to be able to do a better job than we saw against Arizona in terms of uh, the defensive rebounding end of things. They just have to, because that, that lineup did not work in large part because of that. I mean, Cone Carr, <clears throat> very much a freshman, right? He played 19 minutes, had seven points, you know, a couple dunks, yeah. a couple free throws, but only three rebounds. I mean, I I feel like he should have more than that, and maybe that's not fair, but uh, he definitely, his presence was important, well, and, you know, you don't expect a ton from was. him right now. Uh, but, you know, especially like you mentioned, if you're playing small and he's playing your four, you, I think you just got to get a little bit more out of him. Or, and I don't, and I, I don't want to feel the see, you know, who's in the wrong position or whatever. Right. I don't want to bag on him because uh, I think he played a really good game. Yeah. Both halves, actually. And the fact that he was in there during that closing stretch tells you what Izzo thinks about him. I think he's making or he's showing some signs of real defensive progress. There was that play late where he came over. They they got you, know, you were talking about how MSU did a pretty good job on Ballow, but the fact is there were some things that looked like they would end up being a lot worse. So him missing free throws helped. But another thing that helped is there was a possession where they went over the top, which they were able to do a couple times on on Mahdi, I think it was, got Ballow the ball, and he just expected he was gonna have a dunk. Yeah. <laughs> and there's Cohen Carr with help side defense making the right rotation um, to strip him. And so Cohen did some really, he's, he's showing some signs, having some moments where it appears like he's getting yep. it. Um, rebounding, there's no reason in the world why he should not be an elite rebounder. He's an incredible athlete and he's physically strong enough. Um, we haven't seen one of those games yet. We, you know, the, the guy that I was inclined to compare him to most when MSU signed him was Brandon Dawson. Right. And he's a different player than Brandon Dawson. He's actually got, um, even now, even though he's not shooting threes yet, he's got a much more developed offensive game than B.J. had. But what we have not seen yet, at least from Cohen Carr, 
is the kind of rebounding presence that Dawson could bring, even when he was a freshman. So that's another step that I think Cohen's got to take. But on balance, I think he played a great game. Yeah. Well, and to point out, too, he would have the steals from Michigan City. He had three other six steals. And yep. some were big ones late in the, yeah. late in the game, too, which were instrumental right. for that comeback. All right, so Michigan State then will take on uh, Georgia Southern next, uh, back of the Breslin, as they gear up and prepare for the start of Big Ten play, which is kind of hard to believe, but that's uh-huh. sort of a weird week where they play two games. Yep. Um, you know, three and three, there's a... It's kind of hard to know. I mean, obviously you want to, you obviously want to win these games as many as you can, and it's always the goal. You don't want to freak out too much about losses. Uh, you want to try and progress and get better. I feel like the team is improving, but it's slow, and it's in some cases it's um, it it's not it's not where you hope they'd be at this point of the season. I mean, what right. what is and is and I think it's a little bit different that we have Tyson Walker who is playing a different type of offensive game that we're you kind of used to seeing at Michigan State, where someone just kind of just one on one just takes it, which is fine. I mean, he's he's very effective at doing it, but. Uh, I guess, you know, where do you see this team? I mean, do you, do you think we're going to be okay going to the Big Ten season? Is it too early? What What are your overall thoughts? Well, I mean, for now, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, look, the Big Ten outside of Purdue has not exactly covered itself in glory thus far. <laughs> no, unfortunately. And, and, Mich- and Michigan State gets Purdue once, and it's late in the year. So... If you're asking me, boy, is it a murderer's row that we're looking at? No, I still think there's a lot of reason to suspect that Michigan State is going to have a very strong season in conference play. I mean, the fact is, yeah, the idea is to win these games, right? But that's not the critical bit. The critical bit is that you get a level check and you learn where it is you need to make improvement. Now, we've seen Michigan State get off to a start this year that I think was surprising. You know, yeah. but then again, you look at James Madison, and you know, James Madison is not a bad basketball team. So if we end up saying that all three of these losses come to teams that are NCAA tournament teams, well, that needs to be Put in a, you know, it needs to be put in the equation as well when you're evaluating. But, but be that as it may, regardless whether James Madison gets there or not, that was not a good performance by Michigan right. State. So they then had to battle back from that. And I think in the Duke loss, they showed some signs. They then seemed to build on that a little bit in wins against Butler and Alcorn State. And then against Arizona, they take a loss. Uh, but again, there are some negatives, but there were some real positives. So I think it's it's about now as you you head into this abbreviated Big Ten schedule, the first two games, and then Christmas break around the corner after that, like the question then becomes, can they find really the level of consistency is what we're talking about. Can they find the level of consistency that's going to be required in order to, you know, compete at the highest end of the Big Ten as we all expected them to do coming into the season? That to me is what's lacking. Consistency in a lot of areas. They've shown enough flashes. They showed them in this game, you know, where you can look at stretches of the game and say, boy, that MSU can play with any. 
you know? Yeah. And, and then there are other stretches which cut the other direction. So that's what's got to go. And can they get there? Yeah, absolutely they can. Will they? Well, nothing's guaranteed. So that's kind of where I am. I, I think that you have to be realistic and say they haven't proven, this particular group has not proven that they've shown enough that you can just write this off and say, hey, there's everything will be perfectly fine. See you in March. Um, and, uh, and we'll, you know, and, and, uh, or see you in the, you know, the second weekend or the third weekend of the tournament. We, th- there's no way to say that right now, but, th- but in fairness, there's no way to say that about anybody. You know, as I said, Arizona's going to be number two, um, most likely. Did, does that, did you see a flawless team? I didn't. Yeah. Right. You know, so everybody's got to deal with that. But I think, you know, I'm I'm not the only the only time, the only point this season that I've truly been angry was those first two games. Because that's where I felt, hey, this is this is Michigan State just not not showing up the way that it needs to. It's one thing if you miss shots, you make mistakes, you play badly, but the effort is to, is there, you know. It wasn't that way in those first two games. Since then that's changed. They had a they had a good degree of effort in this Arizona game overall, so that's encouraging to see. But yeah, it's it's an open it's an open question right now. I think. Yeah, and you know we're getting six games in the season now. Michigan State's three point shooting is not great, and so I think again you've seen flashes of people looking comfortable. Malik hit his first one, but then this next three he can sit. You know, couple, walking a couple of AJ still really has been ice cold out there much below what he was last year. So uh, that's something that's got to, that I guess we'll, we just need more, yep. we need more numbers, I guess. But we're starting to get to the point where you're like, this might be more of a, more of a trend. Yeah. Right? I mean, sure. They haven't yet had a game where, I mean, they, what was it? The Alcorn State game, I well, guess. Just or, of Trey, no, it was Butler. Trey had, it was Butler where, yeah. Yeah, it was Trey. That's right. It was Alcorn State where they just, you know, Ended up shooting forty percent. That's it. Yeah, but that was his five or five. You know, other than that, caused the forty percent. Yeah, right. So I think you're right. I mean, it's surprising to me. I don't think many people saw this coming, but you can't deny the reality of it. Yeah. You know, the flip side to that is, I do believe this Michigan State team has things they can do and ways to play offensively, even if they are not a very good three point shooting team. But we don't see them do that consistently. You know, that gets into penetration, you know, AJ, all of those things start to become very, very important. Well, any final thoughts? No, I think we've covered right. it. Well, I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanks to Rock for joining us remotely. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, lines fall the backers as well. So it's kind of a rough Thanksgiving Day sports wise for Michigan State. Bad day. Yeah, it, was, yep. it was a bad day. Although I can't say that our turkey was the best it's ever been. So that was a good, that was definitely a good thing. Uh, so we'll talk to everybody uh, just, just a few days before the, for the pregame for the Georgia Southern. Uh, a reminder also to check out Dutch Printing at DutchPrinting.com. Also, the Brothers Investor Gutters at BrothersGutters.com if you need gutter work. And also, we always head over to our website and I will check things out. We have normal uh, set up for the email list where you can get. 
uh, added to get notified when new episodes come out. You can all find all that at the final force on the schedule.com. And we'll see you later. Until next time, the final force on the schedule. Go green. <laughs>